Hey, Church Online, how are you guys doing? Make some noise, Church Online. Make some church for noise for Church Online, yeah. And maybe it's because if you're online somewhere, you should know it's cold today. Uh, it's cold here in Florida in January. It's 62 degrees, the clouds are out, and there's a little bit of a breeze, and nobody knows what to do. Um, I'm not wearing this hoodie because I'm cold. I'm wearing it because I'm repping our brand, and it goes with the shoes. That's the only reason. I'm going to be sweating all weekend long. So, uh, yeah, so that's maybe why it's like, oh, amen, pastor. Uh, so uh, if you're online, you can tell us where you're watching from, what the temperature is, all that stuff. Probably negative 12 in North Dakota, you know, probably negative 13 in the Twin Cities, whatever it was. So um, good to have you here. Week three, uh, good to have um, you back. Many of you are returning uh, week after week. Some of you even took me up on my offer to bring a friend. If you're brand new, we hope you feel that this is the warmest, welcomingest, friendliest place you'll be all week, that it is okay to just be who you are, where you are. We believe God loves you right where you are and wants to meet you there. And uh, you don't have to act a certain way to be here. You don't have to believe what we believe or even behave all the time uh, the way we think you should to belong. Um, we're all on this faith journey together, amen? Uh, and we're all work in progress. So we're talking about mind games. Week three, we are talking about what goes on in our mind. And we have been diving deep into scripture, diving deep into neuroscience, which ironically just land right on top of each other and looking at how our thoughts dictate the outcome of our lives. And, and we've been I'm kind of ruminating over a couple of scriptures, and one of them that we've been hitting is one of probably the most important on this topic. Romans 12:2 says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." The Bible is very clear that if we want different outcomes, if we want better experiences, if we want to see transformation in our lives, it is going to start in our minds. Now, with that said, let me ask you a question. Do any of you guys ever find yourself like I do, making bad decisions and having irrational behavior? Struggling with this? Yes. Um, uh, so I, I don't, um, my daughter is a great, uh, Madison, she'll be 11 in a, uh, about a week. She's a perfect combination of, of my wife and I. And part of the part where she's like me is we like to, she happens to be here, hello, uh, is we like to be right. Um, we like to be technically right. And um, also we're less interested in going straight to the source right away, but more interested in bantering. Uh, and so we will, whether it's a, a board game or whether it's a rule or where the capital of Bolivia is or whatever it is, we will at times get kind of like, well, no, this is the capital. Well, no, this is the capital or, or whatever. The, we had this experience recently. Some of our friends are gonna come visit us uh, during spring break. And uh, we, they had been here before and we had been to Disney with them before. And so we were like, well, they were at the Star Wars, the new thing. And we're like, no, that was before. And how many times have they been here? And I'm like, well, I think it was three. And Madison's like, I think it was two. And I'm like, well, I think it was three. And the whole time my wife is just like shaking her head going, we could just look at the calendar or look it up. Uh, and, and I'm like, well, that's not the point. And, and the, the whole point is like, uh, again, my daughter was doing nothing wrong. She was acting like a 10 year old. So the, the issue wasn't that she had raised her level to the maturity of a 41-year-old. It was that the 41-year-old had decided that the best use of his time and energy was to have these debates with his 10-year-old daughter. And, it, and I'm like, what are we? And my wife is regularly like, what are you doing? We were arguing about a, a rule over like the Monopoly Cheaters Edition game. And my wife is like, why don't you guys just look in the instructions? They're right there. And, and it's like, oh yeah, like why do we do that? And, and, and again, some of those are fun, funny, but I think we all have things where like, what was, we've all had what was I thinking moments whether it's, uh, you know, I just need this 10-year-old girl to know I'm right, or, uh, or, or way worse, spending money, uh, substance abuse, whatever it is. And why does that happen? Why, why does that happen? Well, it starts right here. That actually happens, uh, or maybe a better way to say it is, why do I find myself doing things I don't really wanna do or think are important? Well, it actually starts in our brain, and what's happening is our brains misfire. 
Our brains misfire. When I was early on learning about cars and how to drive, which I still know very little about, I just know people that know about them. That's my, I don't know a lot about a lot of things. I just know people. That's kind of my secret of my success. Like, uh, if you ask me to change oil, I'm like, I got you. I'm like, who's the best guy I know? I'll pay for it. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and, and so I remember uh, we were jumping a car, me and a couple of buddies. You know, we all had clunker cars in high school. This was the uh, mid-90s. Um, so nobody was driving great cars. They don't make them like they used to. And we went to jump a car. And I don't know if it was the car, the battery, or the jumper cables. But none of us were really sure. Like, we, didn't, we weren't really great at the, like, red on red, black on black thing at that point. Uh, and so we just, you know, it was kind of like, I think you can put this anywhere. Um, and we got the wires crossed. And at first there was a click. Uh, then nothing happened. Then there was smoke and the battery died and we kind of hurt the alternator. And, you know, we just kind of, ah, oh, piece of junk. You know what I mean? Um, and then we had, I think, uh, one of our friends or a dad or whatever came over. was like, all you got to do is switch these. It's like, and I mean, it was, it's kind of crazy, kind of funny, but that's exactly what happened. Like we had the right idea, but what happened was we got the r- wires crossed and we had the, the completely wrong outcome. And, 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 and that's exactly what happens in our brains because we get our wires crossed and we misfire and we end up saying or doing something we didn't want to. Last week, we talked about how are we gonna renew the mind and how are we gonna take thoughts captive? Well, we have to replace them. Well, this week we're gonna talk about the rewiring principle of how do you replace them? I'm gonna literally give you some tools tonight, uh, today, this weekend, whenever you watch this in the future, uh, on how to do this. And so why do we behave irrationally? Because we want to be nice. We wanna have peace, like, right? If I say, how many of you wanna be nice, right? I'm wearing this sweatshirt. You all have to wear, raise your hands. <laughs> how many of us want peace? But how many of us go home and yell or yell at, you know, like, you don't have to, nobody raised their hand on that one. But we go home, like, I wanna be nice, I wanna have peace, but I yell, right? I yell at my boss, I yell at my coworkers, whatever. Uh, we wanna save money, but instead we go shopping, right? We wanna trust God, but instead we stay awake all night worrying and thinking about every single detail of our life, most of which we're not even in control of. Why? Because we, we're like that battery where uh, we, we know what we're going for, but we get our wires crossed. And if we don't pay attention to that and we don't start to rewire our brains, we're gonna continue to misfire and continue to have outcomes that we don't really want. And so last week we, we talked a lot about how are we gonna do this? We have to literally, physically, neurologically, we have to create new pathways in our brain, right? You guys remember this? Old pathways and new pathways. And so we said, uh, and, and, and we said that, you know, that our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And if our thoughts are bad, we have to start thinking new thoughts to create new pathways. And, and we see this early on even in life. My other child, Blake, he's nine months old and he's learning, um, he's even already starting to create pathways Uh, In fact, the neuroscience of babies in development is most neural pathways are created between zero and five, and then they're just pruned and reinforced for the rest of our lives. So he's at that stage where he's learning if he does something and we laugh, then he does it over and over and over again. Why? Because he gets a little bit of dopamine uh, and he likes the reaction. He likes the way it makes him feel. So he's literally creating pathways of there's certain behaviors that gets him a favorable outcome and there's certain behaviors that don't. And so this happens with a nine month old. We start with, with babies, but it happens even as we become adults. And we talked last week about the fact that the more we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought, which is really good news when we are thinking good thoughts that are true, right? Because what happens when you think good thoughts that are true? Dopamine. But it's really bad news when we're believing lies about ourselves and the people around us and the world around us. 
And so, just quick review, because t- this is, today is all about the tools. This is, I don't want to say the culmination, because we got next week, and I'm not trying to say you don't, shouldn't come to church next week, but this is everything that we've been talking about really, really, this is the tools, this is the go do it, this is where you're going to experience the transformation this week. And so, what we've been talking about is that our mind is a battlefield, kind of our overarching scripture out of Proverbs chapter four, in week one we said, as a man or a woman, as a man thinks in his heart, so does he become. The Bible and, and, and is, is riddled with scriptures that talk about what happens in our mind is very, very important. Then last week we talked about, well, what if we have bad pathways and, and we have a whole bunch of bad outcomes, what do we gotta do? We gotta start better thinking, create new pathways. And so we looked in Corinthians and the Bible tells us that God has given us divine weapons to fight this battle. His truth of his word, the sword of the spirit. And that actually gives us divine power. If you were here, you should, this should be reviewed. Divine power, power from on high, to demolish the strongholds. And a stronghold is a mindset or a thought pattern or a pathway that is holding us back. And we do this by taking every thought captive. Is this, does this ring a bell to anybody? And to take a thought of captive is not just to hold it captive, but it's literally to attack it with the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. So we said, in order for us to have better outcomes, we have to renew our minds and, and, and change the way we think. And the way we do that is we have to recognize bad thinking and we have the strongholds, lies that hold us back, and we have to replace them with God's word, with God's truth about me, the world around me, and, and, and my value and all of that. And so we have to take, the Bible says in Corinthians, every thought captive. Well, why every thought? Because what comes into our mind, right, comes out in our lives. You cannot have a positive faith-filled life with a negative fear-filled mindset. It's just not possible. Um, And so uh, we get our wires crossed. And when the wires get crossed, um, we, we misfire and we end up with experiences and outcomes that we don't want. And so here's why this ultimately matters. If we don't control what we think, we will never be able to control what we do. This is one of those churches where when the pastor says something really awesome, you can say like, dilly, dilly, amen, hallelujah, preach it, brother. It's not one of those where it's like peanuts, where it's like I'm speaking a different language. That was a really good place for a a willy-nilly or dilly-dilly or whatever you said you were gonna say tonight. We'll, We'll run it back. If we don't control what we think, we'll actually never be able to control what we do. Yeah! Praise the Lord, hallelujah, dilly dilly. Say it again for the people in the back. I wish I had five people. Let's get the keys, whatever it is. But this is it. If we don't control what goes on in here, we're never gonna be able to control what we do. Oh, I just can't control myself. Yeah, probably not because you don't control what's up here. So we're gonna start here. And that's why behavior modification just doesn't work. I gotta try harder to be better. Pfft, not gonna work. I gotta think different. So today we're going to give some tools. And so here's what I want to do today. We're going to give some tools to train your mind. Everybody say train. Train Train your mind. Now that, I say that word because that is maybe not often a word that you think of or associate with your mind. How do you train your mind? You maybe have never thought of training your mind. Usually when you think of training, you usually think about training what? Maybe like a dog um, or training your body. Now, here's what's fascinating is the way we train our mind is actually very similar um, to the way we train our body. There's a lot of similarities and there's a whole aspect of this I wish I could go in on. We probably will another time. I just don't have time um, uh, uh, today, this weekend. But um, when you wanna train your body, if you want transformation in your body, if you wanna train your body, there are two things you need to pay attention to, right? One is what you do with your body. And what we call that word is exercise. 
right? Exercise. And for a lot of years in the health world, the focus was exercise, 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 exercise. And the more I exercise, the better outcomes I'm gonna have. But over time, we had a whole lot of people that started working really hard and not really seeing a lot of great results because we realized that exercise was only a part of the equation of training our body, right? It didn't matter ultimately how many push-ups you did, how many miles you ran, how many pull-ups you could do if you had 64 ounces of Coke with a Big Mac and a large fry. And then ice cream, and then you had Cocoa Puffs for breakfast, and you hit, you know, Dunkin's Donuts on the way with the meat, right? What we learn in the last, I mean, our last generation and a half has learned what? Even more important than what you do with your body or exercise is what? Oh, yeah, you guys are smart. What you put in it. In fact, there's a lot of people who got really discouraged because they worked and worked and worked and worked, but they never evaluated what they put in. And what we've learned now is that if you want transformation in your body, it's about 70 or 80% diet. That's some really bad news for some of us. And 20 or 30% exercise. Well, pastor, are you saying I could experience transformation and not even go to the gym, just eating better? That's exactly what I'm saying. Or are you saying I could work out and work out and work out and if I don't change my eating, I may not see changes? That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, actually, that's what like nutrition and health and science is saying. I'm just the reporter. So it is with our minds, right? So our mind is, is we have to pay attention to not only what we do with our minds, but what comes into our mind. And for some of you, I just solved the riddle for you. You've tried, you've tried to think better. You've tried to do different things. You've tried mental exercises, but you've never evaluated the diet. And I would say, in my experience, it's pretty similar, probably 70 to 80% because what comes in our mind is what comes out of our life. Proverbs 4.23 says it this way, above all else, or uh, guard your heart, or guard your heart above all else, for it literally determines the course of your life. Come on, somebody. The Bible says we have to guard our heart. It literally determines the course of our life, which is why I take all kinds of issues with the way we approach relationships. Again, we have another series on that, plan another time. But what's the best way to guard our heart? We have to be intentional about what comes into our mind, right? What do we teach little kids? Be careful, oh, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. We ain't that sophisticated. All we are is kids that got a little bit more money and a little bit more freedom, but, right? Like I just told somebody the other day, the difference between leading middle school ministry and adult church is adults just got more money. <laughs> That's way more true than you want it to be. And with more money comes more opportunities. Uh, so the best way to guard our heart is when we have to pay attention to what comes in our mind. Again, week one, we said, Paul took us through in Philippians 4, this, this kind of three-step phase where he says, we're gonna focus on our thought. Our thought is gonna lead to our action and our action is gonna lead to a new experience. And so for us, it's not just what we have been thinking or what we're doing with our mind, but it's literally, we have to, pull, we have to pay attention. What have I been pouring into my mind? And so I can try harder. I can read a couple of scriptures. I can do a couple of affirmations or declarations and we're gonna to get to that in a minute. But if it's just constant anger, negativity, worldliness, all of that with what I see and what I hear and, and the conversations I have and the friends I have. And so again, what am I subscribing? Some of you, again, solving the riddle out of complete love, uh, wanting this for you so bad, um, some of us, maybe we should start with what's our diet? What's our heart diet? Well, what do you mean what's my heart diet? Well, what am I letting in? What are the movies I watch? What are the TV shows I watch? 
what are the what's the music I listen to? What's the lyrics of the music I listen to? What are the types of jokes I think are funny? What are the types of conversations I get myself into? What's the type of social media I engage in? What's the type of media I consume? Uh, video games? How much of that? Like I, again, y'all are looking. I just lost everybody. Because you, you didn't hear what I said. You heard me say, you can't watch movies, you can't watch shows, you can't listen to music, you can't play video games. That's not what I said. I said, let's evaluate how much of that diet is okay for us, right? Like again, and, and so for me, this has really helped me. Have I, and do I play videos from time to time, time? Yes. Do I watch shows? Yes. Do I watch movies? Yes. Do I get on social media? Yes. Do I consume the news media? Yes. But I'm paying attention to my diet. That's all I'm saying. Some of us, we just think, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. That's one of the great lies of the liar, the enemy of your soul, is it doesn't really matter. So again, I wish I could go in on this more because there, there's unbelievable correlations to, to music and movies and media and all that stuff that feeds moods and, and creates pathways. And some of us were working against our goals. We're brains, we're working hard to work out, but we're just consuming stuff. And again, if, I promise if you just even make it a thing that you go, hey, God, just show me if there's something you want me to change, he'll speak to you. So I don't have to say any more about it. Like if you wanna hear God and you wanna grow, he's, he's super good about that. So it's not just what we do with our mind, but it's what we put in it. Can I just get a, like somebody to say amen to that? Okay, there we go. All right, so Paul uh, said this. I'm gonna go back to a scripture that we, we, we talked, the one I just referenced, but I wanna look at something else that's really, really in here that kind of, uh, as we talk about giving tools. So Paul says, Philippians 4, 8, again, we're being very, very intentionally redundant. Does anybody have an idea why in a series like this we might be intentionally redundant? New pathways, dopamine, that's exactly right. So Paul says, and now dear brothers and sisters, finally one thing, he says, fix your thoughts. Somebody say thoughts. On what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, all good things, right? To quote Olaf, all good things, all good things. And then he says, think about, somebody say think about. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. So he's, again, he's listening to these things. Where should we tell our mind to go? What are we gonna consume? But he uses this language, fix your thoughts and think about. In the, uh, the New King James Version uses a different word that I wanna talk about for a second. He actually says, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, he says, meditate on these things. Somebody say meditate. 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 Now, that word has different meanings in different contexts, different times in history, different religions. So meditate, when, when, when Paul says meditate, he doesn't, some of us are like, oh, meditate, that could be new age, it could be spooky, it could be very hyper-spiritual and, and earthy and one with the universe. Well, that is one version of meditation, but that's not what this means. Uh, that's not the Greek word here. Um, in fact, um, uh, this word meditate actually means to engage in mental exercise or focus one's thoughts. So Paul, in the Bible, the Bible, God's word, his living word that's gonna help transform us, it says we want to engage in, it's literally, it's a training we're talking about. Engage in mental exercise. What we do with our body, where, where we pay attention to what we put in and we pay attention to what we do with it, we're just gonna do the same thing with our mind. He says engage in it. Um, and then he says um, to focus your thoughts. So here's what's really interesting, that word meditation. So we wanna look at Paul's definition of meditation because um, in, in Eastern meditation or for certain forms of it, it's more about like emptying your mind, right? Just empty your mind. Well, Christian or biblical meditation is actually about filling your mind with truth and intentionally focusing on it. Telling yourself what to think, thinking about what you think. Uh, and in fact, uh, the Bible is full of examples of this. I'm just gonna rip through a few of the Psalms, have a lot of these, but the Bible talks often about this. It says in Psalm 119, 15, I will study your commands and I will reflect on your waves. Those are mental training, thinking, pathway type language. Psalm 143, five says, I remember, tell myself what to think about. 
days of old, I ponder, tell myself what to think about, your great works, and I think about what you have done. This is somebody who is telling its mind what to focus and think on. Mental exercise, focusing thoughts. Uh, one more, Psalm 119, 11. Kind of leads this. It says, and when I do these things, I will have hidden your word in my heart so I don't sin against you. I don't cross the line, miss the mark, miss out on what you have for me. So again, uh, David here in Psalm 119 is making that connection that what, what ends up in the heart starts in the mind. I start with all this stuff where I focus my mind and I do mental exercise. And guess what? In doing that, I guard my heart because above all else, it dictates the course of my life. You see how this is all connecting? Like this is just so good to me. So uh, as Jackie Chan said uh, in Karate Kid, not the real Karate Kid, not the original Karate Kid, the one they're doing Cobra Kai with now, the one for our kids, uh, he said, your focus needs more focus. He told uh, his student, um, your focus needs more, and that's, this, is, this is it for some of us. Like our, what we think about, where we, our mental exercise, our training, we just need to pay attention to. Um, so what's, what we have going on now is we have some of our wires are, are, are crossed, we're misfiring, and every time we end up going like, oh, I wanna have, I wanna have peace in my home, and you're like, Whoa, a monster comes out. Whew, misfire, right? Wires crossed, you know? You're having, you know, having a good day, and somebody makes you mad at work or cuts you off in traffic, you're like, I'm gonna do Misfire, why? Wires crossed, because we still got some old pathways. Some of us got a bunch of old pathways, right? So we're gonna, we're gonna help God, God, with God's help and with his word, we're gonna rewire this thing. And so instead of burn out the battery and have smoke coming out of the engine like we did when we were 15, 16, we're gonna plug the right thing into the right place and we're gonna go, oh, power and energy, right? It's a stupid illustration, but I think it works for this case. So let me ask you this question. And maybe, maybe you're different than me. When our minds typically drift, where do they drift to? Best case scenario, true stuff, or worst case scenario, lies, worst stuff, negative. I don't know about you. Anytime there's a gap to be filled in, I usually fill it in with worst case scenario, worst possible imagine. I don't usually assume the best. I'm not naturally a benefit of the doubt person. I'm trained myself to be it, but it's not natural. Why? Because when our thoughts drift, when our wires cross, we usually go to worst case scenario. So here's the exercise. Here's the tool. Here's where we land. And, and I'm just going to tell you for the next um, 10 or 12 minutes, I'm going to be unbelievably honest and, and, and transparent. In fact, I found my journal from 18 years ago when God introduced this topic to me before I'd ever read, read about neuroscience or before I had um, uh, really ever uh, dug, I, I understood the scriptural principle. I didn't understand the psychology. And I, I'll tell you in Acts, when it says the Holy Spirit will be your counselor, he literally was my counselor for about two years. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna share that with you and I wanna show you this exercise. And so here's the exercise. And I said it to you last week, but I wanna show it to you this week. How we're gonna do this, how do we rewire our brains? How do we stop the misfiring? Is we have to do this exercise. It's the two things, it's the two questions I gave you last week. Number one, what is the stronghold, the, the key stronghold that's holding you back? And what is the truth that demolishes the stronghold, right? That's the replacement. So that's how you replace it. Well, that's nice, but what if you've had the same negative thought about 50 times a day for about 6,000 days in a row? One time of one thought and one new pathway is gonna be like, healed, saved, and set free, delivered, hallelujah. No, you're gonna be like, man, carving out this pathway is tough. I really like it over there. It's so natural for me to go there. So we don't just have a principle. We actually have an exercise where we need to rewire this. And so how are we gonna do this? We're gonna do, do, do these two things. And with everything in my heart, if you will do this, I will guarantee you experience unbelievable transformation in whatever area of your life you need it the most. 
I, I can guarantee it. Not because I'm anything, I've experienced it, God's word is true, and anybody who's ever committed themselves to this process, unbelievable transformation, healing, wholeness, breakthrough, dream, whatever it is that God has for you, you'll do it. If you'll do this, and I, I said last week, it's simple, but it's not easy, it's these two things, and here's what we're gonna do with this. What's the stronghold, what's the lie, and what's the biblical truth that I need to replace it, rewire it, to demolish the stronghold, but here's what we're gonna do, you have to do these things. We're gonna write it, we're gonna think it, we're gonna confess it, until you start living it and believing it. And that is where the rubber meets the road. Write it, think it, say it until you believe it. And we're gonna do it again and again and again. What are we gonna do? We're gonna write it, we're gonna think it, we're going to say it because there are power in our words and we are going to continue to do that until we believe it. So let me just give you a couple pictures of, of some samples of what this could look like. So you know what we're talking about? We're talking about biblical, we're talking about affirmations, we're talking about declarations. It's fascinating. I met with uh, somebody who's brand new to our church, incredible, uh, incredible man, and he was telling me about this. It had actually nothing to do with the series, but he talked about how he went through a, a time about 10 years ago, and he did this very thing, but he calls them um, combat cards. He literally keeps them in his pocket and it's when he's thinking or feeling something, he pulls out truth out of God's word and it's how he combats. He, he says, I squash the, squash the bugs that come into my mind. It's just literally exactly what he's saying. And so for example, what can this look like? Maybe your big stronghold is you're struggling to know God's will. Here would be what that looks like. You're gonna think it, you're gonna write it, you're gonna say it or confess it until you believe it. And this is what it could look like. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me in his perfect will. Write it, think it, say it until I start living it and I start believing it. And it will be a process and it will get frustrating and you won't feel like it and that's when the devil's gonna lie to you. See, you're not changing. See, this isn't worth it. See, God lies to you. See, your pastor's crazy. See, you're wasting your time. I promise you all those things are gonna come into your head. I'm giving you the game plan. I can't do it any better than this. But if you stick to it, you will become a new person. And again, I'm a, un, I am a brand new transformed person because of this process. More on that in a second. Let's give you another one. Maybe you lack confidence. Here would be, here would be an example. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Not me, not my ability, skills, my education. Because his spirit lives in me, I can do anything he's asked me to do. Write it, think it, say it till you live it. Maybe you're fighting lustful thoughts. A great thing to say over and over, a good combat card. By the way, my, my friend, he called them combat cards. I have a backpack I carry myself. I literally have note cards. I've had them for 20 years. And they're, they're declarations, affirmations, and scripture that I know are the biggest lies that I fight. And I just do the same thing. I've been doing it for 20 years. I pull them out and I squash those things because I know that if it comes into my mind, it's gonna come out of my life. And I have enough junk coming out of my life. I don't need to make it any worse. I have my own issues. <laughs> Fighting lustful thoughts. I'm not a slave to lust. Some, you're not a slave to lust. You, some of you who struggle with this, you are not a slave to lust. It might've felt that way up to this point, but that is not who you are. Because God has purified my mind, I will honor him with my eyes and with my thoughts. Well, pastor, what happens when I've just failed? You need that more now than ever then. You do it right then. You don't wait till you feel it. You wait, you, you do it because you need it and it's true. Because God, my God is faithful and even if I'm tempted, he's gonna give me a way out. Maybe your struggle is finding comfort in food. We talked about the pathway to the freezer last week. Uh, when I'm stressed, I turn to God, not food. 
I come to Jesus because he is what I need. In him, I find strength and comfort. Maybe you struggle with worry or anxiety. Here's a good one. Because of Christ, I am not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me, and I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. What are we gonna do with these? Write it. Think it. Say it till I believe it and I live it. Write it. Think it. Say it until I believe it. See what I'm doing with us? We're creating new pathways. What about when I don't feel it? Write it, think it, say it until I live it. What about when I've just failed in the thing? I'm, what about when I feel like a liar because I'm gonna say something that's a complete opposite of the action I literally just had online with my husband? With what, that more than ever, you need to write it and think it and say it until you believe it, until you live it. If you will take these tools and do this training in your mind, the Bible promises, and I can tell you from my own experience, you will experience unbelievable transformation. You will experience, and it won't happen overnight, and I don't know how it works, and nobody's journey is the same, but you will not ever be the same. For me, I'll tell you about my journey. Growing up, I had, I had several struggles. There's lots of reasons why. But um, I've, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, about how I felt often inadequate. I was never enough. Um, my coping mechanism was to become an achiever and an, 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 an over, overworker, workaholic. So I was celebrated for that, but it was still from a really terrible place. Uh, I also was a people pleaser. I got rejected uh, and, and, and kind of betrayed a lot, even at a young enough age where I didn't realize at the time how much that impacted me as a, a teenager and a, a young adult. So I became a chameleon. Um, I had a couple of relationships where I had given all of my heart and all of myself to, to somebody and there was, you know, thoughts and promises of forever and forever didn't happen. And so I started to convince myself no one was ever gonna love me enough to wanna be with me, that I was always gonna be alone. These are, these are just real things that I struggle with, teenage, adult, young adult, um, my struggles. Um, I often would compare myself and so I had these lies and, and, and thoughts that what I do doesn't really matter because there's somebody probably better to do this anyway. I'm not, somebody better suited to do this. I'll just bow out. Um, so I carried that with me into a lot of years. And, and, and by the grace of God, God brought me to this, what I'm telling you, not last week, although I'm here still, I still have the cards, I still have the affirmations, declarations, but, but when I was between about the ages of 23 and 25, we went in hard on this. Now, the one thing I did have is I grew up in a youth group where my youth pastor, who just happened to be my dad, every year would do a series called, Who Am I? And he would just talk about our identity in Christ, identity in Christ, and he would always give us these six pages of, of all the scriptures throughout the whole Bible of what it says to be true, every truth about my identity. And so, you know, you're like, oh, cool, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, I got old enough where I'm like, I need to write it, I need to think it, and I need to pray it, and, and I need till I believe it. And so I'm about 24, 23 years old. I'm on staff at a church, and this becomes real. And, and, and I, I'm coming to grips with the fact that I have a lot of issues and more than I could even have time to tell you. And I don't like who I am, but I believe in Jesus. And there's all kinds of misfires, all kinds of insecurity, all kinds of wires crossed. I know the scripture. I know the truth. I've been in church and it's still just like, we're still burning batteries. Are you with me? And one day in, 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 in church, and this is my story. One day in, in I was uh, actually, I was, no, I was, one day I was just in my own prayer time. Um, and no one else was around me. And there was a song back in the day called Holy, You Are Still Holy. I still like that song. I haven't heard it in a long time, but there was one line in that song that says, all that has been in my life up till now belongs to you. And I would sing that hundreds and hundreds of times, youth worship and discipleship school and all that. And, and in that moment, I, I, it was as close to the realest thing I ever felt like Jesus sat literally on the chair next to me and he goes, okay, we're gonna do this now. I was like, let's do this. 
He goes, no, you're gonna start to give me all that has been in your life. And so I was never a journaler. This is the first time I ever did it. This is my first journal. This is from 2003, I think it is. It's not even a journal, it's a stinking pad. But I found this this week. And so at the top, it says, all that has been in my life up till now belongs to you. And every time a movie would play or a memory would come of a hurt or a pain that affected my identity, my worth, all those things, I just started jotting them down. And I have about, I I was like, okay, there's probably one or two, and there was. And I came back the next day and there were a couple more. And then I would pray some more and there were a couple more and two or three pages, four pages, five pages later. And so me and the Holy Spirit, we started to go to work. And my prayer time for 18 months, and this is me, this may not be your journey, was I started to get out my list and every day I would start to re-give it to God. I would tell the story like he wasn't there, tell him about the pain, tell him about the lie, because I had some tools that I got in youth group a bunch of years before, I also learned, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit as my counselor said, okay, now we're gonna replace them. So what's the truth? And so I, I had a piece of paper and I drew a line. And so I was like, now we need to replace it. And so I started going through the who am I? And I, I did the hard work and kind of crafted. I, I brought it down to 10 statements that are all based on multiple scriptures. I don't know if they're up here. Do we have them for the screens? No, we, I think I put them in the notes. So you're all gonna wanna see the notes this week. Um, online. But 10, and it's, it's, are you battling insecurity, hurt? 10 spiritual truths about myself. And here's what I would do. I would go into prayer and I would dump all that has been in my life, all the stuff. I literally would say it, think it, and relive it, feel it, cry it. It was, I was a sloppy mess. I've never cried more tears in my life. And then when I was done, I would, I would say, but. And we would start the rewiring process. And I would say these 10 things over and over. And often I would say them angry because I didn't feel like it was true at all. And it went against a lot of my experiences but I knew I had, I knew I couldn't do this anymore. And so here were my 10 truths. And I just want you to know that I did this. And um, there's a kind of a, I don't know if it's a myth. There's some science that says you need five affirmations for any one negative thought, which is great if you only think one negative thought one time. But what if you think it a hundred times? Well, now you need 500 declarations or combat cards or affirmations. And so I literally would carry this around. I put them on cards. I have it on digitally. And I would make myself, I made myself, multiple times a day, sometimes multiple times an hour. I would spend an hour in prayer, literally just how many times can I read this over my, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just trying to follow the Holy Spirit. And nothing started to change overnight. But I can tell you, 18 months later, something changed, something broke. You know what it was? I got off some old pathways and got off some new ones. And instead of misfiring, I started firing. And while spending the first 25 years of my life wanting to be anybody other than myself and hating myself and having no value, I came to the truth of that God loves me and he has a plan for me and I'm, I'm not a mistake and, uh, and it's gonna be okay. And I like myself and God loves me and, and I don't need things from other people. And so here were my 10 spiritual truths because they're completely founded on scripture. And so the first one was just this. I would say this so many times. By the way, all of these are on the notes on our app and on our website. I know God loves me and that he has a great plan for my life. Even though it didn't feel like it, seemed like it, I would say it over and over and over. I know God loves me, even though I don't feel like it. I feel like he's mad at me. He has a great plan for my life. Number two, yes, I have faults, but God is working on me, changing me day by day. And while he does, I can still enjoy my life. Number three, I realize I'm always gonna have issues to deal with. So I'm not gonna be discouraged when God convicts me or corrects me of an area that I still need improvement. Number four, everybody has weaknesses. So I'm not a failure because I'm not perfect. 
I needed that one a lot. Number five, I want people to like me, but my sense of worth isn't dependent on them. No, Jesus already proved my worth by dying on the cross for me. Number six, I refuse to be controlled or manipulated by others. Even if they all reject me, I will survive because Jesus promised to never leave me or forsake me. Number seven, no matter how often I fail, I won't give up because God is with me to strengthen and sustain me. Number eight, I like myself. At the time, those are the three hardest words for me to say out loud. I like myself. I don't like everything I do, and I do want to change, but I refuse to reject myself because God loves and accepts me right where I am. There were some strongholds I got demolished with that one. Number nine, in myself, I may be nothing, but in Christ, I'm everything I need to be. And then number 10, I matter to God and my life makes a difference. And here's what I did. Here's my story. I wrote them and I thought them and I said them until I started to believe them. And I wrote them again and I thought them again and I said them again and again and again and again and again and again and again, day after day, week after week, month after month. And on the end of that, there was some unbelievable rewire. In fact, I, I didn't plan it this way, but I've always described that part of my journey where God literally rewired me. I didn't know how right that was actually when I describe it. And he renewed my mind. I still have struggles. I still have issues like everybody else, but I've never been the same since then. It was a game changer. And it launched me into the faith, the family, the calling, uh, the, even the leadership capacity that God has called me to. And he, he didn't do it because oh, one day I was gonna be a pastor. No, he did it because I was his son. And he'll do the same thing for you because you're his son, you're his daughter. And it's what he does for his kids. If you will commit yourself to the training, the mental training and the exercise, think it, write it, say it till you believe it. You can do this. You can come up with your own. You can come up with scriptures. You can steal mine. Uh, But this is what you're going to do. And so I would love to pray for us. we, We have some more worship. We have opportunities. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, have a, kind of a, a song or two where we just declare God's just victory. But first, I just wanna pray in a couple of areas. If you, uh, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here and, and, and man, we, not only have we been telling your story the last three weeks, but this is for you. And you're like, man, pastor, I just, will you just pray? I have two very simple prayers. Will you just pray that what God did for you, he would do for me. I need him to renew my mind. I want different experiences and outcomes in my life. If that's you, just put your hand in the air. I'm just gonna pray for you. Okay, Heavenly Father, simply put, I, my faith is so juiced right now for my friends. I believe you want this for us. And so I pray that you would renew our minds, that you would do for my friends, that you would do for my church, you would do for every person who raised their hand what you did for me. God, that you would renew our minds with truth, that you would give us clarity, that you would lead us individually, specifically, that you would give us scripture, that you would give us truth, not a truth, not my truth, but your truth, your word. God, would you give us the strength and the patience in the name of Jesus to stay at it? God, would you give us the strength and the patience in the name of Jesus to stay at it? And I come against discouragement and distraction in Jesus' name. Would we experience healing, wholeness, freedom, and transformation because we commit ourselves to the the truth and your work? God, I thank you that the devil is defeated and your divine power and truth will demolish our strongholds in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you're here and 
your biggest stronghold is you're far from God. You don't have a relationship. You're too bad. You're messed up. Here's the truth about God's love is he's a loving heavenly father. His son, Jesus came to live perfect and die to be the sacrifice for your mistakes so that you could experience his divine power in your life. But it only comes when you surrender your life to him. And if you're here or you're online and you would say, I, before I do anything else, I just need to surrender. I need to turn my life over to Jesus for his divine power. I'm gonna lead us in a simple prayer. If that's you, just raise your hand and put it right back down. Just if anybody, anybody, I see a few hands. Cool, we're just gonna say, all of us together, we're gonna say this prayer uh, and then um, we're gonna close in just a few moments. I'm gonna ask everybody to repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay for all my mistakes. I wanna live for you. I surrender my life to you. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Forgive me my sins. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your grace. Help me to renew my mind. I declare today that all things are new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you would, I want to invite all of you to stand to your feet. And here's how I want to end this. We have one more song we're going to do. But before we do, I have a couple of declarations. I want to, I want to kickstart this for some of you. I want to be the catalyst. For, I want to get some of you going down some of your, your, your new pathways. And so you can take that. I'll keep this. And for those of you who have ever said yes to the relationship with Jesus, for those of you who are in Christ, you are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of you, and you are a weapon of righteousness in this dark world. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God said you are. You are forgiven. You are redeemed, and he says you are free. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight are not the weapons of this world. You have the divine power to demolish strongholds inside of you. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts and the word of God directing your steps. Worry is not your master. You trust in God now. His peace guards your heart. His peace guards your mind. And his peace guards your soul in Christ Jesus. The Lord is your helper and you will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to addiction. You have been rescued by the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light by Christ Jesus. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and all times, having all that you need, you will do every good work he ever asks you to do. And lastly, but not leastly, nothing, 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 not height, not depth, not angel, not demon, not past or present or future will ever separate you from the love of God that in Christ Jesus, you don't have to earn his love, you are in his love. You are, the love of God is in you in Christ Jesus. Most of our life's battles are won and lost in our mind. It may be a battle, but we have won the war because we have Jesus Christ. Let's worship.
time.